lovely cushion header. But This is the Indie Reds Podcast. Yeah. Welcome everyone to Indie Reds Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Dilling. Tonight we have Brian Smith and the prodigal oldest brother and font master general, James Dimitri <laughs> Esquire, makes his triumphant return. Welcome, you two. All right. We're going to do a rundown tonight. We're going to recap the Norwich match. Say that five times fast. <laughs> Any team news that uh, that has come up, which we do have some, we're going to preview Burnley and um, oh, that's what happened. Uh, and we're going to give our uh, fantasy betting update. So, but first, we haven't done this in a very long time. We're going to do an opening question. So, wow. There were many stressors and things that we didn't like about lockdown. What is something you miss from lockdown or at least everybody trying to stay home? I will go ahead and start. The thing I missed most um, was that there was almost zero traffic by my house. And ever since, I don't know, it's been maybe about two, three months. Um, I, I kind of I live in an area that's that's quiet, but we have some roads that can be busier. But they changed, they shut down the main interstate through downtown um so everybody's taking these <laughs> these side roads and it's driving me freaking nuts because the roads that you know i, I went from lockdown time to when, it, when there was like nobody there to um to now that everybody's there and it sucks <laughs> especially during commute times when i'm trying to get places but that's just me jim i think you were up next what do you what about you buddy my my answer is pretty similar. Uh, you know, we live uh, fairly close to downtown. We live right on Meridian Street, uh, which is a, a well-trafficked uh, road. We live on the Red Line for Indigo, so there's always some traffic noise and city noise going on. You know, ambulances and police cars and planes and helicopters and all that stuff. And when we initially went into into lockdown, um, some of the quiet was was actually pretty nice. Um, but then it got to the point where it's almost like you know apocalypse zombie zombies have taken over sort of thing. And uh, then I liked it a little less. <laughs> I feel it, Brian. What about you, buddy? Well, I was going to say something, you know, not very interesting, like. Uh, I miss having all the laundry done like all the time, you know, and not like running around trying to find a pair of pants the way to work, where to work, but like we're doing now. But I think more, a more, um, gosh, people are going to think that like I'm made out of gin or beers or something, but <laughs> I, I kind of miss having whatever you want to drink in whatever size you wanted, pretty much any time you wanted without any type of worry, without any type of, you know, being self conscious. You know, you can't do that anymore with, having to go to the store, going to work and, you know, Oh, you work from home guys, you know, can do whatever the hell you want, but no, we can't uh, us <laughs> folks that, uh, <laughs> well, I guess I know whatever you want, but maybe have a, a slightly more, um, access to liquid courage than, than I do now. And I miss that about lockdown. All right. Um, speaking of a uh, gin, um, I, I got some, uh, some test results that I need to uh, watch what I do to my liver. Um, so starting Monday, I'm going to probably go on a, a 
a rather large hiatus from alcohol. Um, so tonight, if if you notice slurring towards the end of the podcast, I'm making up for it. I have um, two pints of gin and tonic, uh, and the gin is a Luke pour. So uh, apologies from the uh, pod, from the podcast host ahead of time. I'll drink to that. All right. So Liverpool opened the season with a trip to the East Anglian town of Norwich. I've never been, but apparently it's it's a good town for a night out. This is based on something I saw from the Anfield rap. Like, hey, even if we if we draw or we have a narrow win, I still get a great time out in Norwich or something like that. So apparently it's a pretty cool town to be in and party in. So uh, the day after we saw one newly promoted side defeat Arsenal Football Club, the Reds were facing yet another newly promoted side. So we'll start with the lineup. Jim, how did you – were you kind of surprised with the lineup that we've put out? I think, like, uh, from what I've heard from most people, they're on sort of the same page and that the the, the midfield lineup was a little uh, surprising. And and uh, and Bobby not starting might have been a little surprising, although, you know, obviously he was busy like some of the other uh, members of the squad over the summer with uh, Copa, uh, Copa America. And, you know, of course we had other players playing uh, uh, for their uh, national teams. Um, but in particular, I, I, I thought that uh, Fabinho would start. Uh, maybe I'm uh, kind of uh, off base about that, but uh, it was a little surprising for me to see Milner uh, slot in there instead of, instead of Fab. Um, and, uh, you know, Jota being in the lineup, uh, yeah, I thought that was a little surprising. Um, but, uh, I, I think that's really all I, the re- the rest of the side was, I think, pretty, pretty true to form. Um, uh, what about you, Brian? what do you think? Uh, I think you're right. I mean, Fabinho probably was the biggest surprise. Um, Milner and Ox kind of starting together surprised me a little bit, but that kind of goes right along with Fabinho. So I expect a Navi start. I'm, I'm glad Navi started. And you know, the Firmino Jota thing, I was hoping for Firmino last week, but obviously, um, you know, Jota was certainly ready to go. And so I agree. I think it's just uh, Firmino was the one that caught everybody's eye. Uh, for me, it was definitely my Ox and Milner. If we remember back to what I said last week, I think I got the back line right. Um, and. The midfield is the only area I missed. Um, I went Harvey over Ox. I probably have a big old L on my head for that one. Um, as I said that I thought Harvey was ahead of Ox in the depth chart. Uh, apparently I was wrong. Uh, but also I think I also I can't remember fully, but I but I believe Completely. I had Fabinho. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think I had Fabino uh, in starting. Uh, and but man, he, well we'll get there. Um, but yeah, James Milner I thought came in and put it in a good shift, but we'll get there at some point as well. As the Reds put three past Tim Kroll and then in the Norwich defense, goals from Jota substitute Bobby and Mo Salah becomes the first ever to score five consecutive EPL opening day fixtures. So Norwich almost pull one back late, but some amazing goalkeeper by Allison Becker keeps it out. Um, <laughs> there was some interesting commentary, which I think we will get to at some point. Um, but I think we're going to go back to our old approach and we're going to uh, talk some about individual performances. We'll start in the back and make our way to the front. We'll take, uh, we'll take turns. Um, and if you have anything else that you want to add or whatever, we'll go that way. So we'll start with Brian. Brian, you get the luck of the draw and you get to talk about Allison Becker. Well, 
he didn't score. He usually scores for us, so <laughs> kind of have to mark him off for that. Um, no, good game, and you know wasn't asked to do a whole lot. A couple of good saves. His positioning is always so damn good. If you've got a, a, a kid, I mean, it's easy to say if you have a kid that likes to play goalkeeper, or you know, he's a, a, one of the players to watch in the world. But yeah, good, good performance by Allison. He's just so damn good. It it's, uh, has nothing to do with my new green shirt, but I love the dude. <laughs> just a, a quick note on that that save. I mean, I've heard it called a triple save. I've heard it called a quadruple save. I think I had. 17. I think it was just two saves. Sorry. I think I had seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think you know the first two saves are, are excellent. That last one, um, and I think it was the uh, the Redmond guys were talking about this. The last one was a flipping pass. You know, so the ball's in the air and he slaps it out wide to, to I think to Trent. I mean that that, that people are calling it the save. That was a damn pass. I mean the, the guy, his awareness is off the charts. You know, outstanding first two saves and his third touch, which is was actually a damn pass, um, which is just remarkable. So terrific performance by Allison. It's hard not to absolutely just love the guy. Brian, was it just me or did he look a lot more comfortable than what we were used to seeing him? He just looked. Well reserved. I think we'll get there when we talk about the defense in front of him. But to me, I thought he looked a lot more comfortable back there. And granted, it was Norwich. Yeah, I think you're you're right on both counts. He looked good, uh, and but it was Norwich. So you know, there was no first games of the year jitters. I think he's thrilled to have Virgil back there. And you know, hell, he probably was going to sleep the night before thinking of. You know, eight or nine different center back combinations that could go out there, and none of them were 19 years old. So he probably slept great. Oh, that's a good one. But he did have a pretty young lad starting at left back. Jim, you get the you get the pleasure of talking about Simakas. Uh, what was your take on Simakas's play? I think uh, Costa Simakas is is uh, really really starting to shine. Uh, you know, uh, in the in the preseason. Uh, we saw him, uh, really pick up his game and I, um, you know, I subscribe to the athletic, which I, I was going to say for, for plugs at the end, but it, it really is a, a, a great, uh, sports period, uh, digital periodical, um, you know, because James Pierce writes for them and, um, and Kiva O'Neill, uh, they're both really, really good writers. And there was an article in the athletic, uh, I want to say a couple weeks ago about Costas Samikas and his, um, I don't want to call it an ascendance, but his really stepping up and fulfilling, starting to fulfill the potential that uh, that 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 Klopp and and uh, and the higher up saw in him. And you know, I, maybe he put a foot wrong here or there, uh, but overall, he looks really good. Um, you know, he's uh, he's he's got a good pace. Um, he he's really good at at putting a good ball in, um, and. Um, uh, just good situational awareness. I think I do think he needs to work on his positioning and, um, and his defense, uh, still, but I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm trying to remember how old he is. Is he like a 20, 21 or 22? Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but you know, it's to a certain extent, it's almost a shame that he's, he's got to play behind Andy because I would love to see him play more. I think, I think he, he, he did really good and, and put in a, an excellent shift. Uh, what about you guys? What do you think of him? I, I thought – I'll jump in first, Brian. I, I thought he put in a real good shift. He got turned a couple times um, out of yeah. the wing. And, and so, I mean – but it's but still, I mean, 
he's still young um, and not as experienced as as Robbo. And Robbo, I think, still gets turned a couple times too. So it's not. It wasn't terrible. Um, I thought it was actually. I thought it was a very strong performance from him. Um, and he looked really good out there. I think. I think once they build that relationship with he and Mane down that left hand side, um, I think. If they get to build it, um, I, I think that it'll look more comfortable, and more natural for him. Um, but 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 Monty loves playing with Robbo. I mean, they do that overlap a ton, and uh, and so I, I I think that that might come with Simicus. But um, but yeah, very pleased with this performance. Brian, anything you want to add? Um, Joe, thank you for that square ball to you know buy me a few seconds. I looked it up. He's twenty five. Twenty five. Okay. He, so yeah, he just turned twenty five a couple months ago. So. I don't want to say he's a young 25. I kind of hate that term, but you know, he's 25 in a couple months. So, um, yeah, he, he was good. I, I'll, um, I won't say much else cause I, I'm probably going to talk about him later, but I'm going to get to the other, Ooh, the other defenders. He, he was great. So, um, you know, he calls himself the Greek scouser on Twitter and <laughs> at union Jack, we started calling him the, the Euro hero. We were calling him that. Too. <laughs> I, I did come up with that one. So, um, you know, I say plenty of stupid shit, but I'll claim that one. Um, so yeah, good match for the, for the Greek scouser. Uh, all right. So we'll go to center backs, um, next. I think I'm going to pair the two of them because they were, they were a great unit. I thought they both had a fabulous game in Virgil van Dyke and Joel Matip. Um, you could really tell a sense of calm, I think. Um, and it was nice just to have some, our first choice center backs (laughs) starting a game again. And we learned over the summer how much Virgil loves Joel Matip so much so that he even, had a t-shirt with Joel's picture on in front of it. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that. That was hilarious. That was, that was so great. Funny. Joel, I don't know if he was just playing up for the cameras or whatever, but it was hilarious how upset he got. I don't know if it was if that was real or not, but it was just great. Uh, Virgil seems like... Well, wait a minute. I, I, saw the, I saw the t-shirt, but what was he upset about? I missed oh, that like, part. That, that, the rest of that thing, he's just kind of yelling at him. He's like, he, I think he's just trying to give Virgil some crap back, but you know, he, just, uh, okay. he seemed a little frustrated about it or whatever, but it was kind of funny. <laughs> like, like, gotcha. he was, like he was getting picked on kind of thing, but it really wasn't a pick on, at least I don't think. But anyway, uh, it was just such, so nice just to have a center back pairing that, that was consistent and we knew, and you could just tell how comfortable the rest of the team was having those two back there, um, including Allison Becker. I know I mentioned it earlier, but I think just, knowing that he had Virgil and Joel in front of him just solidified it and, and made him just take a big sigh of relief and know he's not going to get, he's not going to get pelted all day long and have to pull off 15 amazing saves. Just the, just the 17 in one <laughs> in a row <laughs> right towards the end. You guys want to add anything about Virgil and, and Joel? I mean, it, it was just so nice having him back and you yeah. can even repeat that. I same. would just say, I, you know, I wish that, um, that, uh, Joel was was healthy more often because when he's healthy, uh, he's he's just fantastic. I mean, you know, we we talk about how great Virgil is, but uh, the two of them together, as as you've already pointed out, are are phenomenal. And uh, and I'm crossing my fingers and hoping he can he can stay healthy uh, for for most of the season uh, because I would love to see what we could get out of him over over a, a full uh, a premiership. A season. Brian, anything to add? Yep. Well, I mean, I think it's everything's been said quite well so far. I, I will say that um, that shot that, that Joel took 
that he almost scored on. If he'd have put that in, I was watching Union Jack with a bunch of crazies. It was so great to see him. If he'd have put that in, the place would have exploded. So, yeah, almost a goal from a team. So, maybe next time. Sorry about that. Um, so, you know, Brian, we'll just stay with you. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, bud. Well, I already had Allison, so that was an easy one. You want me to take Trent, or should we kind of Fine. play a back pass to, we'll, we'll play to Jim here? Yeah, let's let Jim I will if you want. No, no, let's have Jim with Trent. You get Milner. Actually, no, I'll take Milner, and you, you'll take Nabby. We'll see. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, what, what is, what is there, what, what, what can I say, uh, that, uh, is it going to sound like, uh, things that, well, I mean, I, I guess we could say last season, you know, Trent had the occasional letdown. I, I, I don't think that, um, in certain stretches of the season, he was, he was playing at his best, but, um, you know, and I know this is Norwich, uh, that we were, we were playing, but, um, you know, he was good old steady Trent, um, putting in good balls, um, I think that as uh, time has gone along uh, and uh, as he's continued to gain experience, uh, the defensive part of his game, which was already, I think, um, fairly good, has just continued to improve. So, um, yeah, I thought he, he did a fantastic job. Brian, anything on Trent? No, he just just loved the guy. So, um, you know, I want him flying up and down the, the right-hand side as much as he possibly wants. You know, I was listening to another uh, podcast today from uh, that is definitely based in uh, the, in the Mercy side, and they they were mentioning that it looked like Trent uh, had had filled out more and gotten a little bit more muscular, um, and and I didn't really notice that, but it kind of I, I didn't sense. either. That th- that, that surprises me that that they would say that. Um, but he but he was looking, but he looked really good. I thought he I thought he was great. Definitely on my honorable mention list. Um, for man of the match, uh, I thought he, he was almost like he even took it to another level. I mean, nothing really came in from that left hand side. Uh, well, their left hand side, our right hand side. Um, but I, I thought it was he, he's still playing with that chip on his shoulder as a big fu to to care Southgate, even though he was going to go to <laughs> even though he was, was going to go to the Euros before he picked up his injury. Um, he wasn't going to play much because they're they're going to play Kyle old man Kyle Walker there for some bizarre reason, um, or <laughs> who knows. Um, and they're pretty, pretty so he, well rounded in midfield, I think, too. He filled out a little bit. I didn't notice that either. I, I, I know who can tell us, and that's some of the wonderful uh, women that watch the matches at Union <laughs> Jack Pub with us. They will have noticed, and I will ask them what they thought. So, um, so I'm going to take James Milner. I thought James Milner would just had a, a James Milner um, game. He was reliable. He didn't really make any mistakes. He made a good foul when he needed to. Um, had no problem picking up a card. Um, you know, I'll also eat a little bit of crow. I, I think I miss. I think Brian put words in my mouth and said that James Milner is is just cash and paychecks. Uh, but he obviously isn't. He's in there working hard. <laughs> no, <was> he, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. You you said that and I repeated it to you. I think you you phrased it differently to make me sound worse. But uh, that's what I remember. <laughs> It might, it might be okay. Well, we'll bit. put that in the intro next week, and we'll see exactly what happens. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think Miller just put in a James Miller performance. Nothing super outstanding. He did have a very nice switch field uh, to Trent to set up um, to set up Mo. I I, uh, I don't remember if it was the Jota goal or the uh, Bobby Firmino goal, uh, but but very nice 
very well played ball there um, as well. Um, but yeah, it just just typical James Milner James Milner performance. I'm not going to say much else because there's nothing else to really say. So we'll just move right into Nabby Kaita with uh, with Brian. Brian, what's your take on Nabby? Well, it was it was good to see him start. Uh, I think he had a, a performance at, at least as good as we were hoping, if not a little bit better. Um, you know, him and Ox together, it, it was kind of hard to determine who's going to be, you know, flying forward and, and who's going to be the one that's a little bit more reserved, maybe kind of the genie role and, and try to do some things at both ends. So I thought Nabby was excellent. He was good on the ball. He was winning tackles. His, you know, I, I don't think he uh, lost possession very much. His heat map, I saw his heat map that uh, Bobak LaFalle and our friend was sharing, and it was all over the place. It, I thought he was terrific, and you know, not unbelievable, not changing the game necessarily, but I do believe amongst our three midfielders that he was the best out of the three. So I, that might be an unpopular opinion. I, 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 I don't fair. know what you guys think, but uh, I thought Nabby was, was terrific and exactly the kind of game that, you know he should start against Norwich. You know, he's if we were playing at Old Trafford next week, he's probably not starting, right? So, but this game perfect for him, and he did well, very well. Jim, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree that he was uh, he was the best of the of, of the starting three. I think when you know when Fab came uh, in, he was just you know good old Fab. He, uh, well, I know we're going to get to him, so I won't I won't say much more. But um, uh, I, I think that that. Uh, Navi put in. Uh, I, I hope I'm not jinxing him by saying this, but a very uh, genie-like performance um, in that he was versatile um, and uh, and looked really sharp and and did a lot of the little things that um, that genie did when he was he was with us. Now now in the uh, now that he's uh, joined the departed. mercenaries. Let's just call a spade a spade. He's joined the mercenaries. <laughs> yes, he has. <laughs> I guess he might be one. Uh, Jim, stay with you and go ahead and talk about uh, Alex Oxley Chamberlain. You know, I, I I don't know that I would call it a spectacular performance, but I, I really don't think Ox did much wrong. Um, you know, he uh, I, I thought he was solid. I really didn't see much much that he did that was uh, putting putting a foot wrong. Um, you know, I, I would like to see a little bit more of him. Uh, uh, on the attacking end of things, um, you know, I'm one of those people, and maybe I, I'm I'm uh, you know talking on my ass by by saying this, but you know, I I think he works better as as a forward rather than as a midfielder. But I'm not Jurgen Klopp, and uh, you know, don't don't uh, have the the football know how to really think through where he best fits in the side. So uh, all, all things uh, being considered, I, I thought he did uh, an admirable job. You know, if I would rank in this like in a, 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 a 10 point uh, match ranking scale, I'd probably give him a six or a seven, yeah, probably I, a seven. I don't really have anything to add. Actually, I'll probably go on the six side. Uh, Brian, what about you? Anything to add on Ox? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a six. Um, you know, he wasn't bad bunny stretch, but he, to me, he was a little invisible at times, but you know, there's an awful lot going on in the pub, so that can happen sometimes as you're as you're watching. So, um, yeah, and I think Jim's on to something there. He's better, maybe as a forward, or or he is much better when he's part of a three and a four-two-three-one as opposed to part of a three-man midfield. So, um, 
again, this is, you know, Norwich, so he can play in that role and, and you know, do fine, but uh, not spectacular, but, um, you know, certainly didn't hurt us either. I'll give him a six. Brian, um, actually, no, I'm, I really want to talk about Saturday Monday. Um, Sadio Mane's up next. Go ahead, bud. Really like Sadio Mane in this match. He doesn't score. He has a couple good chances, but I think we talked a little bit last week about how Mane says he's feeling good. He he's in the right headspace. He's feeling a lot more comfortable than he was like a year ago, and I thought it really showed. Um, I thought Sadio Mane was was fabulous. Um, he wasn't greedy. He was he 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 wasn't as much as other as as some people would label Mo Salah, I guess. Um, but he he was very calm. He he and comfortable, and it looked like a different Sadio Mane than we saw last season. And I think that it's just a matter of time before the goals start pouring in um, for him. Uh, I thought he, I thought it was great performance from Sadio Mane. Uh, the only thing missing was a goal. So. Um, and I think he deserved one. He had a couple chances that just uh, you had a deflection or or you know there was a it wasn't right there. But uh, I thought it was a great performance for Mane. Anybody else have anything to add? Sorry about that. Does anybody else have anything to add? Nope, I'm good. Okay. No, yeah, Sadio was good, not spectacular, but. Um... I thought his positioning was really good. So, uh, yeah, the, I, I think you're right. The goals are going to start coming. All right. Uh, Brian, now to stay with you, Diogo Jota. You know, it's hard to, to complain when he, when you guy scores the goal and he starts in the Nobody kind of the goes. central forward or number nine spot. So, you know, he, he's not quite as dynamic as Bobby or maybe doesn't press as well, but you know, he's a hell of a player. I mean, the fact that we got him for the price that we did and some other guys are 60, 70, 80, 100 million pounds. It's, you know, it's just ridiculous. So it's so great to have him in the team. And he can play multiple positions up front. He was involved. He was everywhere. Yeah, the, the, the goal kind of, the chance kind of fell to him. But you know what? I don't care. He buried it. So, um, and, and that was the goal we needed to kind of get off and running. So, Anytime this dude plays up front in any of the three positions, that is fine with me. And, uh, you know, we felt wide. He, he's just involved. He's uh, always available for the ball almost, you know, anytime you expect him to be, he's there. There's plenty of times he, he's there available for the ball even before you expect him to be. And we're, you know, we're watching a, a television where you can see all kinds of things happening, and et cetera. So I'm sure he's even better when you're in the ground, when you can see the whole pitch and see all, you know, the, 20 outfield players moving so great game for Diogo scored that first goal on a good finish and you know, what else to say he's great I mean you can't give him anything other than like an 8 or so uh, good performance for sure yeah definitely definitely uh, definitely with that goal uh, I, did, I didn't really notice him but I think you hit the nail on the head maybe it's different when you're in the ground you can see the whole field um, but yeah I, I wasn't I, it wasn't like an outstanding performance for me um, but but that's what but that's just my two cents, Jim. Anything to add on on Shota? Not really. I you know I agree with Brian that the the goal, I don't want to call the goal fluky. It's just you know Mo was uh, charging into the box and I, I he he had a touch off of his I think his left foot that was just a little heavy and Jota was just right there 
and uh, Mo let him go with the ball and, and he scored the goal. I mean, so that shows, I think, uh, excellent awareness. And, you know, of course the finish was good. I think, you know, maybe not the strongest shot, uh, with, with the, with the goal, but still, um, still it was a goal. So, uh, uh, I, I pretty much agree with with everything else that you, both of you have said. Uh, I think I thought he did a did a great job. Jim, stay with you. You get first shot at, at Mohamed Salah. Uh, oh boy, I feel like a kid uh, opening Christmas presents. <laughs> so uh, I mean, what can you say? He was he was just phenomenal. I mean, he looks like he's so primed uh, for for the whole season and um, just. All over the place. I mean, uh, well, he had two assists, I think. Is that right? Two assists. Um, I know. Yeah, he assisted yes. on Bobby's goal, and they gave him an assist on on Joda's goal. And then, you know, he gets a, a rebound off a Mane shot, and you know, cuts to his left and just places it perfectly. Um, and, and he he looks so. I mean, he just looks looks so joyful. Um, uh, and uh, I mean, what else can I say? It's just it's just so. Um, it's so wonderful to see to see him get off to a start like that for this season, and it has me really excited to see what he can do um, for uh, for uh, the rest of of the season. Brian, I got a Hotake, but I'm going to let you come first, man. What, anything else to say about Mosala? All right, the, bringing back the Hotakes. That's damn it. You know what? In, in the the pandemic, that's where I missed most was Hotakes. But anyway, um, I want to go back and redo that section. That's about it, right? Uh, you know, great performance by Mo is, is we, you know, it's, it's kind of strange. I'm torn between, you know, we expect him to do these things every single week, and then he does, and, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, it's easy not to give him the credit for how spectacular he is. So, um, it, just that finish of his, I, I don't know how he does it. He cuts into the left, well, that he cuts into his left so often and puts the ball in the side netting to the goalkeeper's right. You know, kind of far post for him cutting it from wide onto right onto his left. Everybody knows it's coming, and every once in a while he'll sneak one back to the near post. You know, maybe one out of every ten or so shots that he takes in that situation. But the other nine are going going to the far post, and he's putting it in there, and they they just can't seem to stop it. So that that's hard to do, and he just keeps doing it and doing it and doing it. So. I hope that he sees Harry Kane, you know, at home sitting on his ass, and Salah says, "You know what? I'm going to come out red hot. And I'm going for this." So Bruno Fernandez can fuck off because he, you know, he's not putting up 25 or 30 unless you know how to get 65 penalties this year, which is possible. So, a uh, great start for Mo. It's hard not to absolutely, you know, go berserk for the guy. And I've got this jersey he is upstairs that's autographed. I got to take it to my office and hang it up because I, I'm just so stupid. I don't have it up there, so. I'm doing that next week. I was it's it's rare for me to say something like this, but I was actually impressed by Mohamed Salah. Um I don't know whether it's because he's in a contract year, I mean ish a contract year, he's looking for a new contract, but it was a different Mohamed Salah and it was a better Mohamed Salah. Um on a couple different levels for me. Uh he's always kind of been there cheering with everybody else, but but he was the first one there every single time, and he generally seemed extremely happy for Bobby, and he gen- genuinely seemed extremely happy for Jota. Didn't care that, that Jota maybe might have taken a goal off of him. He was just happy for the team and celebrating. Um, that, that as well as 
willingness to pass the ball um, and not try to force something. Uh, maybe when things hadn't been going right and just the patience and the sharing of, of the ball. Cause he gets a lot of knocks about being way too selfish for a striker even. Um, and, and I was so ecstatic for Mohamed Salah. I thought it was probably the best performance we've seen from him um, in a, in a whole match, I think ever. And granted there might be some hat trick games in there or something like that, but I think as a complete total play, I mean, how, how can you go against saying that a player had a, had, it was as close to a 10 out of 10 as you can get like a 9.9 out of 10 when he, when he has two two assists and a goal. I mean, the, the two assist part of it is the biggest speaking point to me. So I, I, I think Mohamed Salah was, was definitely man of the match. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but um, but Brian will tell me why I'm wrong when we get there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, you're right, Joe. You mentioned him celebrating, and when when he plays that ball across to Bobby, and Bobby puts it away, I I, I remember. And I couldn't get in this wrong, but I remember seeing the replay of that. And Mo is he plays the ball across, and he almost has his arms in the air, or almost starts to celebrate. You know, before Bobby even puts it away. Um, and you know, he does that a lot, but he doesn't get a whole lot of attention for it to, to your point. So that's, that was really good to see. I'm going to, now we're going to start getting to the substitutes. Uh, Fabino came on for Ox and these are actually in order that they came on, by the way. Uh, Fabino came on for Ox. I thought Fabino was just, just typical Fabino. I, I'm ready for him to play a full 90, just calm, collected, did what he needed to do, um, did his job. Uh, and there's nothing really else more to say about it, but I thought I thought Fabino was was fabulous. Um, uh, it, well, I maybe not fabulous, but but just standard Fabino. I, great performance, Jim. You get Bobby Firmino uh, came on for Diogo Jota. Take it away. Um, I to a certain extent, I think it, it changed uh, the complexion of of the match. Uh, there, there is, um, I think, as Brian has said. There's a dynamism that he brings to uh, the team that, um, at least at this point, uh, Joda doesn't have. Um, I think, in part, it's just his ability to be aware of what's going on around him. I know I use, I, you know, I used the phrase "situational awareness" to refer to um, Smikas and how that's something he needs to improve upon. But, but Bobby just uh, has it going on. I, I was, I was uh, uh, thrilled to see him get a goal. Um, especially after last season where uh, people were, were down on him. And, and uh, you know, I, I think admittedly he didn't have his, his, his best of seasons last season. Um, but again, I think like Mo, he looks like he's raring and ready to go this season. And I'm eager to see what he does because I think he's going to have uh, the cop singing uh, his song quite a bit. They were, they were singing it before he scored. Either that, yeah, they did. I know. They were singing, they, it they were singing Bo's song before he scored, too. If you go back and you watch, I, I went back and watched the extended highlights, and they're singing the Mo Salah song while Mo's uh, doing that little uh, cut cut uh, to the left and scoring the goal. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> it was great. Brian, anything to add about Firmino? Uh, you know, no, you guys hit the nail on the head. He's poised for. Uh, possibly a very, very good season. So, um, yeah, he, he does a lot of things for us. And what I've, I mean, there's a lot to love about him, but when he's playing well, especially when we have a lead, he changes the way the back four and the other team has to play. So that that's one of the best things about him. And 
one something that he does that very very uh, very few other center forwards in the world could do. So hard not to love him. All right. So Brian, I saved you, Harvey, because you probably had to hear about it all the way down to to lot B on Saturday from your dad. It was one of the first things your dad talked to me about was Harvey Elliott. So, Brian, what was your take on Harvey's substitute appearance? Well, you know, it's, it's good to see him get in there. I mean, he's how often do you see a guy of his age come on in the very first game of the season as you know, one of our couple of subs? And he, he was good. I mean, he wasn't unbelievable. He didn't you know, tear the defense up, but no, it's okay. We didn't even do that. He, he was smart on the ball when, you know, he had space ahead of him and he could take and he took it, you know, got the ball forward and, and linked up well with his other, with his teammates. So, you know, it's not a performance that everyone's going to remember it is, you know, this is the moment that he, you know, burst onto the scene, but, um, you know, or turned heads or, you know, not going to be writing about it years from now, but it's still a substitute on the very first game of the year when he's this young, and I guess I'll say, um, you know, Ox better watch out because this guy is going to take some minutes away from him this year, mm-hmm. whether Ox is healthy or not. I think Harvey's going to take some minutes away from Ox. I don't think there's anything else to say. I mean, that, that you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I thought, yeah. I'll so turn to that. Let it go. All right. So, <laughs> man of the match, James Dimitri Esquire. Man of the match for you. Take it away. Yeah. Mo, for me, it's just, it's easy. Uh, you know, I, I, I think he, he had uh, just a complete match. I don't know what, are, what else there is to say with the assists and, and with the go. So, Mo, hands down for me. Uh, same, same ditto from Joe. So, Brian, tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would, I'm considering somebody else just, not just for the helmet, but as I, Obviously, initially, you know, you're thrilled with Mo. I mean, the assists and the goals, and, and you know, even at the one assist, you know, he he was trying to take on Jota's goal. He's trying to take that ball down and do something with it, whether it's you know shoot it immediately or you know, or he's trying to take that ball down. That was a very very tough take, and it kind of squared away, and, and Jota finished it. So, you know, that certainly isn't the most um, incredible assist or you know assist that he's planned or anything like that. But it, you know, it does count. So a good finish, really good first time assist on Bobby's goal. But I, I think a really, really, really close second for me is Samikas. And I know he didn't have a great maybe last 20 minutes or so, but we kind of had the game in hand at that point. I only bring him up because uh, if you look at the starting 11, the place that I personally was worried about the most was left back. I mean, Bravo has been just ubiquitous for basically ever since he came on the pitch. Um, and if we were going to falter in any particular spot, it wasn't Trent. It wasn't the two center backs that we're thrilled to have back. Yeah, maybe in the midfield, but, you know, there's three people in there kind of can kind of get the job done. And Milner, you know, is, is just been a rock pretty much forever and hardly ever puts a, a foot wrong for more than a couple minutes here or there. I was kind of worried about left back, and I thought he was very, very good. Um, even better than very good. So, you know, you got to pick Mo, but our, our boy Costas is a really, really, really close second for me because it could have been big trouble over there, and he was terrific. All right, thank you, Brian. You know, one of the things that uh, that I thought 
was that the refs had a, a really rough season last year. Lots of criticism heaped their way. Um, I wanted to give credit to the, credit to the officiating crew that we had. Um, I thought they they called a really good match, pretty fair, and there was no real controversies from the match. Um, do you guys have anything to add to that? Or are you just ready to move on to uh, announcers, which is be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just add that I'm eager to see um, how the, um, I guess, um, modified uh, VAR uh, looking at offsides is going to going to continue to work this season. So far, it looks so far so good. I think um, I'm glad that the referees are going to have more flexibility and don't have to do these, you know, measuring to see whether whether the attacker was a toenail ahead of the last defender. Um, so yeah, but I, I as to this specific match, I agree. I think the, the reps had, uh, had a call a good match. Brian, anything, bud? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's hard to say anything other than that. You know, I, I want to see more, you know, anybody can have a good game. So, um, so we'll see. Maybe that's the, uh, oh, kind of the negative side of me, but, um, you know, I, I want referees that aren't noticeable. That's what these guys did, but it was also you know, Liverpool, Norwich, and we were in control of the game. So um, there was probably less pressure on the referees when there wasn't Allison. There wasn't very much on Allison. So we'll, we'll uh, see how it plays out. All right. All right. So I want I, I kind of hinted at it, but I want to talk a little bit about the American announcing crew that we had uh, via NBC. Uh, so for those of you outside the United States, uh, our commentator is uh, that that we consider the best is Arlo White, um, I- I- at least for the Premier League. Um, and I th- I will even throw in any of the Champions League commentators that we have. Um, Arlo White trumps them. Um, <laughs> a lot of people will give shouts to Scott Stone um, or Steve Stone, sorry, uh, on Fox, but they don't have Champions League anymore. Uh, anyway, uh, I always, I always really like Arlo because he's always professional, and even though he's a a Leicester fan um, from Leicester, he really puts up an unbiased. He's very positive um, about play from from both teams, no matter if it's the if it's Liverpool or if it's Norwich. He's just very good and unbiased, and and I really like seeing that. However, he's regularly paired with Lee Dixon and or Graham Lasso. Um, I don't enjoy them on color, and I feel that uh, that the pairing that we had for the Olympics in America on NBC was Ar- Arlo and Super Julie Foudy. Um, I actually was thinking about starting a, peti- a petition to get Julie Foudy on EPL coverage and paired with Arlo White. That's how much I, I like Julie Foudy in color commentary. Uh, but then the more I thought about it, she didn't play in, in Europe or in the EPL, so maybe they, they'd kind of uh, be biased against her. Uh, so a- anyway, and say, well, what do you know? But she actually called the Euros for, or not called, she was in the in the studio for the Euros uh, for ESPN. But but still, I really value her. I love hearing her on commentary. And she's great whenever we hear her with the U.S. Women's National Team. But I digress. So <laughs> Lee and Graham don't regularly compliment Liverpool but it was a little different in this match. Um, so Mo Salah went down in the box, uh, and, and Mo pops right back up and, and wasn't appealing for a penalty. Uh, actually, I think he was just he even waved off the, the ref to even think about it. He's like, no, 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 it was just incidental or whatever. Um, but it, it was with Cantwell and, and yeah, just, just minimal contact, if anything, and, and Mo went down, and he was like, yeah, whatever. Um, but anyway, one of the two, I, I forget who, and I sometimes – 
can. I think I think both of these that that comment was I think Lee Dixon, and I think the next one you're going to talk about was Lee Dixon too. Okay, so it might have been both <laughs> but Lee Dixon. I don't remember for sure. Anyway, Lee Dixon says something along the lines of, "Despite his reputation, he is not a diver. He fights through more than most people do." And I'll just be honest with with their track record and about anti Liverpool. I was I was flat out shocked. I think I even texted Jim about it. <laughs> you did <laughs> about that and then and about the next and comment about the next too. one too because because then then when Mo somehow wins the ball at the edge of the box, it's late in the game and he kind of wiggles around and he's fighting through a couple defenders and he wins the box and and so and someone says to him, "Well, how, how did he do that?" And Lee Dixon just pipes up and says. He has snake hips, <laughs> and and it, it kind of works in there. But they they were harassing him the rest of the the rest of the match, and even in post match about snake hips. So it, it was fun. So it was actually even a, I'll even give a decent a decent rating to Lee Dixon. Uh, Grandma So was just typical Grandma So kind of frumpy and 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 secluded. And I kind of wonder why he's on color commentary, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, cool. I, I think that they, um, I mean, because they're both former players, I think they fall prey to their biases sometimes. Um, I, I think they're fine. I don't have so much of an issue with them. I, you know, at least I, I think they're fairly knowledgeable in what they talk about. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think just, you know, you know, Lee Dixon's former Arsenal player, Graham Lasso was played for Chelsea. Um, and I think Southampton, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe I'm, I'm not right about that. He played at another club. Sure. Later he played play. for England a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I do think they fall prey to, you know, um, because of their their club histories uh that they show a little bit of bias but um i mean at least they're not martin tyler so yeah. i think you can give them that <laughs> yeah it's always it's always he, great here in time he doesn't show and he shows the same amount of bias that say steve McAnaman does um you know so that yeah. that's you know they're human that's to be expected yeah true all right, nothing else about the Norwich match. We're, we're That's done. We're drawing the line in the books. Time to move on. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about team news, some interesting stuff that popped up earlier this week. Uh, first, woke up Monday morning to news that Hendo had agreed in principle to a new contract. Um, the, the Athletic was saying uh, three years with a fourth-year option. Kind of funny. I think I mentioned something about an option last week. Um but anyway, not to yeah, Jason, not to Are you sure that I wasn't putting words into your mouth? <laughs> no, you weren't. I remember specifically. Saying okay, just it checking. Was kind of an American sports thing, but they do the option. Uh, but yeah, fourth year option um, on uh, based on appearances. I think uh, in the first three years of the contract, uh, it's, it, it should tie him up for the rest of his career. I'm very happy about it, as I think every single Liverpool fan is. Um, I think it was really good there. Also, LFC played a behind-closed-door friendly uh, with Aston Villa on Sunday. Um, it, was, it was kind of a way to get some more playing time for guys that you know came back late from the Euros um, or had had an injury, kind of like uh, Tiago. Uh, speaking of Tiago, he played, uh, Hendo played, Curtis played, Rigi played, and and Nico Williams did as well. If you haven't seen the Nico Williams uh, goal, it's just it's crazy. Find it on on the YouTube's. Um, or on on your favorite social media, it, he he somehow get wins the or he's dribbling in the box, 
loses the ball, wins it back, goes back up, and just puts in a, a great shot and, and scores a scores a very nice goal uh, in there as well. Um, but we don't really know much else. I think Nico himself leaked it. Maybe the club leaked it, and then he picked it up. But uh, not not a lot. I guess Origi scored. Um, I think uh, wait. I'm gonna say his name wrong, but but the there's a new boy that that's been getting a lot of praise too, um, a young kid, um, and I'm not gonna call him Kevin, <laughs> 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 or Dave. <laughs> Dave, I was gonna say you forgot Dave. Dave, <laughs> but yeah, um, so th- there's a little bit more, but also uh, kind of on a little bit more serious note. Uh, the, earlier this summer, um, uh, Andrew Devine uh, passed away. And uh, this this weekend, they're looking for volunteers. Uh, if you're in the Liverpool area, uh, James Pierce had tweeted something out. Uh, they're looking to do a a 97 mosaic um, before the match, as well as planning a moment of silence uh, for Andrew Devine. If you're unaware of who Andrew Devine is, he was uh, considered by many, uh, if not most, uh, to be the 97th victim of the Hill- Hillsborough disaster. Um he he lived through it but his life wasn't the same he uh he had a lot of physical disabilities is my understanding and a lot of health issues because of uh, what occurred that that terrible day um Brian you had something that you wanted to talk about as well if you want to go ahead and mention yeah you know it, it's I'm, I'm glad you brought that up Joe because you know for so long we heard about uh, you know the 90s <laughs> And, and you know, and she, you know, 96 has now become 97. So, um, you know, and it's great that the club has decided to, um, you know, I, I guess change that number to 97, right? So mosaic, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's 97 on shirts someday, and you know, and songs change, and that's the right thing to do. So, um, if anyone out there that's you know listening isn't, um, oh, you know, they want to become more maybe knowledgeable what happened that day. I mean, it was truly a, a day that changed football. Um, you know, not just in England, but worldwide as far as, you know, standing areas and, and you know, the way crowds are treated. And, you know, there are no more standing areas in, in England. Now they're just now starting to change that again. But it's taken decades. So if you're looking for some, uh, you know, to maybe expand your knowledge of, of this particular uh, event and how it changed the game and how it affected Liverpool and the city as supporters worldwide, there's a couple places you could go, in my opinion. So... Um, you know, one is an outstanding book by uh, Professor Phil Scraton. That's S C R A T O N. It's called Hillsborough: The Truth, uh, which is a fantastic book. It's been updated a couple of times based on some of the uh, court cases in in uh, Liverpool and England, and some results there that haven't always gone the way that the Liverpool supporters uh, would have hoped for, especially the people there on Merseyside. So. That, that's one place you can go, uh, Hillsborough the Truth by uh, Phil Scraton. And another place to look, uh, specifically maybe here in the United States, is a, a documentary that uh, ESPN did as part of their 30 for 30 series, which is just a brilliant series of uh, documentaries. They did a piece on Hillsborough, which, in my opinion, was so um, well done and so impactful and enlightening Um it turned out that they would not show the documentary in the UK while these trials were happening. Uh, Cause it's, it's just so well done. 
but they they would not allow it to be shown. So if you have a chance to to look at those two pieces, you want some more information about Hurlsboro. Um, lots of places you can go, but those two are, are great places uh, to start. And I will add that the Thirty for Thirty documentary is tough to watch. So um, I've never watched it all the way through without stopping, but um, it is one of the um, just essential pieces of um, just fact and history and emotion surrounding this event. Very well said, Brian. Um, yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, I don't think I might have missed something in team news. I guess there were there's a couple um, a couple loan spells that have gone out. Ben Woodburn's going to Hearts in Scotland, off the top of my head. Uh, by the way, uh, I just remembered it's Cade Gordon. Uh, so I, who I was trying to remember <laughs> with the Kevin or uh, Dave comments, uh, he, I, I believe, also scored. I think they're going to keep him around this year. I don't think see him going on loan uh, there. Uh, some other some other players have gone out, too. Um, they're they're going to be those fringe players or, uh, or whatever they're called, the U23s now. I wanted to say reserve team, but, uh, but yeah, somewhere along those lines. So uh, we probably won't miss them too much or, or they'll be – It'll be a good turn for them to uh, to get a good run. Uh, ben Davies has been linked with going out, out on loan if he hasn't already um, to Sheffield United, I believe. Um, and who went to somebody went to to Blackburn Rovers, um, and so hopefully he, he has a season like uh, like Harvey Elliott did. <laughs> we're, we're almost going away from a Curtis Jones stand account to a to a Harvey Elliott stand account. <laughs> <laughs> you got the full kit, the Harvey Elliott full kit yet, or no? Uh, no, uh, I'm waiting for him to change his number. What kind of boots does he wear, Joe? What size does he wear? He wears New Balance. I've actually looked that up. Uh, he answered. <laughs> That's a good lad. And uh, I don't know what size, Brian. It's not like Diodora or Lotto or something like before he was born. <laughs> you, you know what's funny is that uh, you mentioned Lotto and Diodora, and um. I had both of those boots at one point in time, but uh, but the, the Redmen on on their their episode this week they always do kind of like a kind of football related, but not actually the Liverpool or whatever. But like, what was your what was your favorite boots growing up? And I remember the, and they, one of the things they were talking about was how they they always wanted Lottos <laughs> because back then, in the oh 90s, my gosh, in the nineties, um, Italian Italian football Sierra A was was really big. And so a lot of sure. the big players were wearing Lottos. Um, I actually had a pair of Lottos. And Diodorus. And Diodorus, yeah. Um, so somebody, yeah. Did Kenny Daglish have a hat trick in Diodorus or something like that? I think that's something that they were mentioning uh, in there. But but my pair of of uh, of Lottos was uh, the black, obviously, because that was the only color of boots at the time. But the Lotto emblem was uh, was red, red or orange. That's that. That's what I remember. They sat in my parents' garage for years after I outgrew them. Uh, my parents, the, the the kids of uh, of depression, kid, children, uh, they they held on to everything. So uh, yeah, they they're now they've since gone. Um, yeah. I, I, Lot, wait, Lotto's with the red logo, Lotto logo, huh? Yeah, or orange. That's or like orange. witch. That's like witchcraft or something. Okay. <laughs> That's a that's a sharpie marker, Joe. Okay, fair, fair <laughs> enough. I got them at, at Renickers in uh, in in Warsaw, Indiana. So <laughs> before the day of these big box stores uh, 
chain uh, sporting goods stores, at least in in my area. All right, I digress. Let's uh, let's go ahead and start moving towards the return to Anfield after eighteen ish months away. Uh, LFC did play some preseason at Anfield, but uh, they don't count to me. <laughs> uh, the, the after losing at home by two second half goals. Uh, the fighting Sean Douches will travel to Anfield <laughs> Road <laughs> looking to rebound. Um, with players coming back into fitness, what kind of lineup changes do you expect? Jim, it's your first return in a long time. Um, you're up first. What kind of what kind of lineup are you thinking about, bud? Uh, well, I, I think the, the biggest change you probably see is in the midfield. I would hope that uh, we – I mean, we'd see Nabby – uh, Fabinho and uh, maybe Tiago. I don't know. Um, I, so that's why I think that that part of the uh, pitch is going to see the biggest changes. Um, maybe we see Bobby start too. Um, so that's what what I would uh, possibly think is in the works. Uh, Brian, what do you think? I think that's exactly right. I think Bobby's going to start over Jota. Um, I still, I was saying this last year and with Nabby being healthy, um, I do believe that Fabinho, Tiago, and Nabby is our best midfield. So I would like to see that very much. So it depends on Tiago's fitness, I believe. Um, uh, but yeah, Fabinho's absolutely starting. No changes to the, to the back four, you know, let's play Burnley. Let's go. I said last week, I think our best midfield is Tiago Hendo and, um, and, and Fabino, uh, but I don't think that that Tiago is going to start. Um, I he might be ready, but I don't think they're going to release that power onto Burnley. Um, there is no doubt in my mind that Jordan Brian Henderson starts this match. Um, it's the first match back with fans. He is the team captain at at Anfield Road. There's no doubt in my mind Jordan Henderson is the first name on the team sheet. And he will be there because it just means more. Um, you know, we, we won, we, we won the league behind closed doors. Um, Jordan Henderson didn't get a, a proper um, trophy lift in front of fans. I don't know if they're going to do something special. Who knows if they will or not? But I think it's just it's going. The sentiment's going to play in. I think he's going to be ready. He didn't play a ton in the Euros. Uh, he was working hard before he showed up at Liverpool. Um, he's he's reportedly has a new contract in the works. There's no doubt in my mind Jordan Henderson starts. Um, I think Fabino starts as well, but I think Nabby's going to tip Tiago in this match. Um, I think he's going to kind of go to back to that triangle um, attacking mode, uh, attacking midfield, excuse me, let me rephrase that, triangle midfield uh, with, with two kind of in a base for defense. Um, he probably won't actually know what I, I'm going to change that up. I think he's going to sit with, with uh, he's going to expect Henderson to get some attacking in. Um, and Fabino is going to sit back and play um, because it's a Sean Dyche team. What, what, they're going to sit back and park the bus. Um, that's the only real change I see is in the midfield. I still think they're going to give uh, Jota the uh, the start. Um, I I don't know, but Bobby looked really good when he came on, but I, I don't know if they're ready for him yet um, or if, if Klopp wants to give him a little bit more break and give him another 30 or whatever. Uh, so I'm going to stay with my only changes in the midfield, and I'm going to lock it in. Fabino. Hendo and Navi Kaita. So, um, overall, Brian, how are you feeling that's about the a, match? That's a good shout. Yeah. yeah. So, so, Brian, overall, how you feel about this match? 
Looking in, looking into Jim's uh, Dungeons and Dragons crystal ball. Ooh, well, I I had that from like the last last uh, year, so I had to mail it back to him. So, I it <laughs> but um, thanks for letting me borrow that for a while, Jim. It was helpful. Well, as they say, it's a uh, magical thing. You know, I'm, that's right. I, I'm <laughs> I'm only worried about one thing in this match, and that is. Strangely, like the first 10, maybe 15 minutes. And, and you mentioned, Joe, that the crowd is going to be absolutely going crazy. You know, for hell, think about how the away supporters sounded last match. And now we're back at home for the first time in what seems like years and years. So I'm not worried that Burnley is going to, you know, score in the first 10 or 15 minutes or that, you know, they're going to put a lot of pressure on us or anything like that. I'm a little slightly worried that the boys are going to come out fucking absolutely jacked up anyway, just because of the okay. And then the crowd is going to quadruple that just with sheer noise with one of the great home crowds in, in any league on the planet. And, you know, we get through that first 10 or 15 minutes without, you know, <laughs> missing chances or, you know, just some, some silly stuff maybe. You know, giving the ball away too much or trying some crazy passes or, you know, too many flicks and this and that, you know, just kind of whipped into a frenzy because of the occasion. We get past that, we'll be fine. And yeah, I'd like to see him come out with Klopp saying, hey, you know, it's gonna, you're going to be felt, you're going to feel absolutely like you're not even touching the ground. Just take it easy. Let's just play our game and we'll beat these guys. If he does that, we're going to be fine. I think we're going to be fine anyway. But if we can handle the emotion of the day, We'll have the lead at halftime, and at that point, you know, we could put up another three or four. And not a whole lot of teams do that against Burnley. They've got one of the tightest defense in the leagues. They're terrible to watch, but um, yeah, we'll we'll beat them for sure. I think so. Jim, what about you, man? How are you feeling? I agreed. I think we'll uh, we'll. Uh, uh, I don't want to say pip because that means we'll just barely beat them. I think I think this is going to be a, a, a two nil uh, victory. The douches go down in flames. <laughs> if it's if it's possible for a douche to be inflamed, uh, inflamed. Um, <laughs> wow, it's a Molotov douche. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> I, I, I'm looking at. I'm not going to say a score, but I think it's going to be a comfortable match. Um, I, I don't even know about the. I mean, Sean Dyche likes to, likes to always kind of give us a rough game. Um, but I, I think the team's going to be up for it, especially the first game back. Nothing he would be happier for him than to uh, tarnish our, our return home in front of fans. Um, but I think Klopp's going to have the team dialed in. Um, watch, definitely watch that match, um, or at least the scouting department did against that they had against Brighton, uh, where they leaked two goals in the second half um, to lose that match. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a comfortable win. Um, feeling really good. It start start off with six points uh, from two matches, and I'm pretty happy about that. All right, fantasy betting. Brian and I both lost last week in week one. Um, both of them, both of us went four draws, and uh, and I was the I was the furthest off because um, I had United drawing with leads, and United just thoroughly trashed. Hey, hey, Joe. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, bud, but some some people might not have heard last week, so. Give them like a quick twenty-second deal, like what, some fantasy betting. What are you talking about? Okay, so Brian and I are, are actually, sorry, bud. We don't like to spend money and lose money. 
Um, so we don't really play sports bets. Um, basically, I think if, if I dropped dropped the twenty, <laughs> dropped the twenty on, on a match each week, my wife would kill me. Um, even if I did win, uh, so uh, we we just decided that or we set up a little table. What we're gonna do is that um that we're gonna choose one match each week. Um, we're gonna choose uh, either win a team to win or the draw based off of the money line. Uh, so money line for those of you playing along at home that are unaware, um, it, it you you at least when it's positive, it's uh what you would earn if you or what your payout would be if you uh, wagered $100. So for instance, I'm looking right now at what I'm planning on on betting this week and uh, at time of podcasting the money line was 440 for a Watford win. Um and uh so, you know, if uh if that if I would have spent $100, I'd win a $440. Um, but obviously, I'm only going to be doing 20, um, even though it's just all made up. No money's really exchanged or anything like that. Um, so anyway, Brotford White Brighton <laughs> versus Watford. I warned y'all. Um, <laughs> I'm choosing Watford. I really I watched match of the day um, on from on Saturday night, and and Watford just looked really strong in attack. And I I have a feeling they're going to come out and they're going to put. Uh, two to three past Brighton, and I don't know if the, if Brighton's going to catch up on the backside of that. Uh, so I I feel comfortable. I'm, prob- I'm trying to take the this <laughs> the money line on this one at four forty. Um, it's probably not going to pay out. I'm probably going to lose. Um, but Brian uh, tentatively has in uh, Wolves versus Tottenham. He's pulling Tottenham to win um, on a money line of one thirty, and he's actually doing a fifty dollar wager on this one. So if it hits, um, he uh, sorry, now let me fill my first spreadsheet real quick. If he hits, he gets a sixty-five dollar payout, um, and and it would, but it would only be a fifteen dollar <laughs> net difference in winning, and he'd still be in the hole. So I'm in the hole twenty twenty bucks. Brian, uh, no, that's that's some bad math. I'm in the hole twenty. I win fifty, win sixty-five. I'm back positive, but that's okay. You're bad at this because Watford's not going to be bright now, Brian. Because it's your total winnings. You put a fifty dollar bet in, and we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> We'll talk about it later. So the actual, so the actual winning that you—that's that, okay. Your Watford's not going to be Brighton. Can I just pick Brighton for like a million dollars? I mean, it is fantasy, Brian. So you don't uh, think you don't I didn't know if you allowed me to bet fifty, but if you will, yeah, then do whatever, you put whatever you thank want. Thank you. I, I, I mean, this is this is your choice, man. Seriously, I just set up. This it's, your, it's your fake money, Brian. Exactly. If I have, thought this was real. I mean, I, I you know, know this guy named Crusher. If you, I don't even know his first name. If you really think that you could go in and drop a, you could drop in a million dollars, you could have that in spare change, Brian. More power to you, man. Well, I don't have that. Maybe maybe a million. Okay. You know, maybe a million batak or I don't know something like that or rubles or something. Yeah, dollars. I can't do. Yeah. I could do the fifty, but you know it, it's not going to pay off very much, like you said. So, so yeah, All just right. trying to get back a little bit more positive because we lost last week. <laughs> there but there's one other tab on this sheet, right? Right? Uh, yeah, I didn't want to talk about that because he's under eighteen, and, and with it being betting, I don't want to really. Bring well, we we have a guest. We we have a guest uh, who makes predictions or bet, bets every once in a while, and you know we're going to open this up to Joe or you know Zach or Bobak or whoever else we have on. So. Our um, guest participant this there week is, has, 
kind of looked at the Villa Newcastle game. It's at Villa, and thinks Newcastle is going to pull off the upset. So that's a that's a strong a line of three fifty. That's strong yeah, that's choice. quite a bold prediction. So well, I mean, um, yeah, this guy kind of went through the went through the list and looked at the numbers and looked at the lines and said, "Okay, Newcastle." So it's a lot better than your pick of Watford. I'll say that. Hey, you didn't watch match of the day. It looked really good. <laughs> Just me though. <laughs> All right, uh, I do want to say one well, thing. Anybody um, can look good on match of the day. Did you see Everton? Uh, yeah, they did not look <laughs> good on match of the day. Um, all right, so uh, we want to be clear that, that we obviously suck at this, so don't take any of our advice. Uh, if you do have a gambling addiction or um, or c- concerns, you know, please seek some help. Um, we we never please never use money to buy that to gamble that you would buy food, pay your rent or whatever on gambling. So um, so yeah, we we were just talking about fantasy, and we're not really using real money um, because we we don't. We don't really gamble, so I just want to put that out there. So there are there are people that can give you some help if you are um, experience experience uh, experiencing a gambling addiction. Other than that, guys, I'm ready to wrap well, it up. Well put. Well put. Uh, want to wrap it up, uh, Jim? Welcome back. Plugs, non plugs, man. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, so I'll start with non-plugs and end with the plugs because that's, you know, talking about the bad thing first and then doing something positive. So non-plugs, I think I'm going to non-plug. Um, I was just thinking about this today. Uh, Millwall Football Club and its manager because um, uh, apparently the – so the Millwall plays in the championship – um, and, uh, they, I mean, if you've ever heard about Millwall before, they have a, a, a reputation for having a fan base that is not the, the best and the brightest. Um, and so, um, the last match that they played the, the other team, and I can't, I, I apologize. I can't remember what, what club they were playing, but you know, the, uh, many of the players, uh, it's every, every club in the premier league. And it, uh, apparently it's just some clubs in the, in the championship are kneeling, uh, to, um, draw awareness and to protest racism as an anti-racist act. And, you know, all, all the Millwall players stood that I don't think that's necessarily, uh, horrible. Although I, you know, if I were on the team, I would kneel. Uh, but, um, but, uh, afterwards, uh, well, the, the Millwall fans booed the other team. Um, and then the manager didn't, uh, didn't, um, go after the fans for that. So that's, that's my non-plug. Um, and, uh, my plug is going to be, and this is something I already mentioned, um, uh, the, the writers at the athletic, uh, James Pearson, Kevo O'Neill, um, in particular, Kevo O'Neill, um, tagged along with um, a group of Liverpool supporters who traveled to every away match. They call themselves the Irregulars. They get a coach, and uh, and they take it to every away game. So, like, the trip from Liverpool to Norwich is, like, a five-hour round trip. Uh, it's like, I want to say, actually, it's more than that. I think it's five hours one way because... Norwich is like 250 miles away from Liverpool. It's, it's closer to the Netherlands from Norwich than it is to Liverpool, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, but she wrote uh, a piece about her experience with the Irregulars. It's great. Um, and so uh, I would recommend that you read it. 
Um, and uh, because if you're just you know down with the fandom thing, yet yeah, you really love it. So that's my plug. John Gibbons from the Amford Rap says that's usually the bus that he takes to away matches. Oh, the regulars. Yep, the regulars. Yeah, it sounds like a fun. It sounds like a fun group. Yeah, cool. Uh, Brian plugs down plugs. That does sound good. The regulars. I'll have to check that out. I, I don't know that story. So, well done, Jim. I, yeah, I'm going to take a um, a nod from Jim there. Kind of start with a non plug. So, we probably, or most of us, if not everybody, have seen the violence outside after the game between Manchester United and Leeds. So there's chairs being thrown. There's fighting. There's just for no other reason other than they're a bunch of buffoons. So definitely a non-plug there. But I want to caution Liverpool supporters that are listening to this. Before you just focus on that and just completely blast those supporters for doing something they shouldn't do, um, there were some Liverpool supporters in the away end at Norwich that were chanting some things that would offend the LBGTQ plus community. And that was happening in the Liverpool end at their Liverpool away end at Norwich. So um, just... Careful if you're completely disparaging another group supporters. These are all small pockets of individuals that represent, you know, less than one half of one percent of a fan base. So just be careful there. Certainly plug to the to the uh, United supporters doing that, and and obviously what was happening in the small group of Liverpool supporters not good either. So um, so kind of a non plug there. I, my plug is going to be. Um, Union Jack in a different way this time. We talk about them all the time, Union Jack, and beautiful broad as we say. I had a great time with the matches last weekend, but this scouser is there, and I don't, really, I don't know if they ever got his name. We, we were just all enjoying the game. It was a packed place. There was a, a two-year-old with a birthday party with his Liverpool kit on and his dad with the full kit on. They had kids there and families. And So if you're thinking this is just a, kind of a pub style atmosphere it's not you know they were in another area watching the game we're all up there going crazy watching the game um, together you know plenty of beer flowing and lunches and everything there's a scouser there um, on the other side and to the side of him was an Everton supporter in an Everton shirt he watched the Everton match and loved it and kind of hung around for our game this guy's giving us crap this guy's you know hey we're giving it we're taking we're having a good time if I stand up, I tell the guys like, "Hey, you better you know watch out because we all know the words to 1995." And this scouser looks at me like, "Holy shit!" You know, you guys know this. Starts the song. Yeah, I haven't won a trophy since 1995, right? But we sing about eight verses in a row, and this guy, this scouser, just loved it. So if that isn't a good description of what Union Jack can be from a, a pub where you don't know anybody and you come in and have a great time all the way down to the family side of things with a, a kid and a birthday party that in a nutshell is what union jack and broad ripple is every type of liberal supporter excuse me liverpool supporter come on down there let's watch the game together massive plug um i try to have a plug as well as a non-plug but my i think i had a plug lined up but it's escaping me i could probably have about 25 non-plugs right now um, to piggyback off Brian, you can plug our yeah. Um, to to to, <laughs> to piggyback off of Brian's um, comment about the homophobic chants um, and anti-LGBTQ, uh, John Gibbons interviewed somebody on uh, the Anfield Rap from Cop Out, which is a um, Liverpool fan group uh, that 
that looks for equality within the uh, LBGTQ uh, community. Um, so I, it, it was really well done, um, kind of a spur of the moment thing. Uh, but I recommend. I guess that's my plug is to is to go check out the Anfield Wrap uh, this week. My non plug is to other Michael. Um, when asked if he was going to listen to the podcast, um, he said no because uh, Brian and I Sorry. would just talk, basically repeat the whole podcast uh, when he saw us on Saturday. So f you, other Michael. Um, I wasn't even there, and I probably won't be there for a while. So, um, so yeah, f you because you're not listening to this anyways because you just told us last week you don't. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I know I know a three year old that thinks he drinks shit beer and his flip flops are somewhere. So. Oh man, those are some great notes. <laughs> I still, I still wish that three-year-old would have just wrote one that said, "Dear other Michael, f you." <laughs> Let's spell it. Okay, to spell it wrong. <laughs> Love Adam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. I guess I have a twisted sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> It's a long story, guys, but it but it was fun. <laughs> but, Come to you, Jack, and ask us about it. <laughs> yep, there you go. <clears throat> All right, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening, um, except for other Michael, uh, because we know he's not listening anyways. <laughs> uh, thank you for taking the At time. At least not to this part, not this part, not this deep into exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, thank you guys for, for seriously. It's Wednesday night, and he's not listening. It's other, other Michael. <laughs> He's getting arrested. <laughs> uh, that sounds like something else, <laughs> a different conversation. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for checking us out. Uh, please look for us on social media, uh, mainly mostly active on Twitter at Indie Reds Pod. Um, yeah, so find us there. Uh, that's where I'm most active. Uh, try not to stay political, um, but uh, try to stay anti or non political. But you know, it kind of happens. Sorry. Um, Anyway, thank you so much again. Um, This is Joe Dilling signing off for this episode of the Indie Reds podcast. You will never walk alone.